0: How's going, everyone? Joe Gagnon here welcoming you to edition number 32 of Joe vs. the World. This show today is the first in a series of year-in-review shows. Today is all about Lucha Libre. You all know today's guest. His website hosts this show. He runs the Lucha Wiki and the CMLL blog. And he still does heat recaps after all these years. It's been far too long since he's been on, but he's back today. It's the Cubs fan. Cubs, how you doing?
1: Good. How are you doing?
0: Oh, I'm, I'm great. Uh, you're actually you're in a parking garage right now. Is, is this true?
1: I'm actually sitting outside a mire. It's very exciting to see a half-empty parking lot and a huge pile of snow in front of me.
0: Oh, that's right. There's snow in the Midwest.
1: Yeah, you can't get more Mexican wrestling than a pile of snow.
0: That's true. That's true. Well, today is um, your review show for, for Mexican wrestling. I want to ask you this to start. I don't think I ever asked you this. Did you see Nacho Libre this year?
1: No, I kept putting it off, and then I heard the reviews, and I thought, it's a movie, but it's not really. It's a movie that has Lucha Libre, but I didn't really feel compelled to go see it. I know I should Probably should, but I guess I'm, I'm not a movie person to begin with, So I wasn't yeah. really it
0: I didn't know if you uh, thought it had any effect at all on how people view Lucha Libre. It wasn't. It wasn't a, a blockbuster. It was a, a sizable hit, and I don't know whether it would make people seek out Lucha Libre. I'm guessing not. It was just a wacky Jack Black movie they saw.
1: I think so too, but there is that. I I wonder if the, that was a Nickelodeon film, and now Nickelodeon's doing a uh, Kaiji Big Battle rip-off kind of show. In, That's true. On this channel, so I wonder if they got the idea, or if they were they thought it went over well with the demographic and they're going to go with that. Hmm.
0: All right. Well, since this is uh, the year in review, why don't you give us some quick thoughts on uh, Lucha Libre in the year two thousand six?
1: I don't think they really broke any new ground in 2006. I think the story of the year is going to be Antonio Inoki's death and uh-huh. how a, how AAA goes from here. But there, there weren't there wasn't a big defining new star of the year or there was and the biggest match was a Mexico Black War and even going even from the start of that we all knew how that was going to turn out. So it wasn't a hugely important year. There was some good stuff going on, but it's just it wasn't a big year. It was really
0: great, I think. All right. Now, as you said, the biggest story of the year, without a doubt, was the death of Antonio Pena. I remember when I heard it. It it wasn't surprising, but it was still kind of shocking. You've heard about his health for so long, but I just kind of never really expected him to to, di- to die. Did you have that same kind of feeling? You
1: know. When the the rumors first started, I just thought it was just the ongoing AAA rumors. Ever since I first started writing about Ultra Libre, it would be like every six weeks, I would hear, oh, something's about to happen in AAA or something's going wrong with Penya or something. But then as it got into summer and he wasn't around and the news became either more sparse or murkier, it seemed like something was up. I the timing surprised me. I mean, I know I don't think I really had any idea how bad it was until we thought out he was dead. But mm. that he was go, that he was in bad shape wasn't a, a huge surprise.
0: Yeah, I mean, I I never really agreed with his vision of what wrestling is. I always enjoyed CMLL more. Even the first time I, I watched the the old Tuesday block on uh, Galavision, I, I remember turning AAA off after a few minutes. Yeah. But mm-hmm. At the same time, he you really can't argue with success, and AAA was greatly successful, often even more so than CMLL.
1: Yeah, I think part of it's because he, because CML has always left open a, a different, a, has left an opening for a different business plan, since CMLL is going to only run its big shows in Mexico City and it leaves the rest of the country for a touring promotion to have some success in. But just because the people out there who would be interested in Lucha Libre doesn't mean they're going to come to your shows. And Peña's made those people care about this product, even when entering and some of the angles haven't been up to what people would accept in other countries.
0: That's right. Now, uh, let's see. It's, it's Conan and Peña's nephew taking over now, I believe, and, and promising some, some changes. Younger guys being pushed. I think gimmicks being or crowd brawling, things like that being safe for main events. Has there been any, any sign of, of any changes? And if they make these changes, you, what effect do you think it'll have on the AAA business?
1: Well, they promoted Pena's, I guess, brother-in-law as mm-hmm. the face of AAA publicly. So I'm sure Conan, Conan and um, Pena's nephew who are in charge backstage, but they haven't publicized that as much. I think what seemed like that's Pena's stuff. Is that may Pena either laid out every single card for the rest of the year and had it done already, with you know, and they've made slight alterations or injuries or people coming in or whatever, or that they that he laid out a basic plan and they've just filed that. There really hasn't been as many changes as you would think from a new creative team coming in, even if they, even one closely following it, they haven't put on. The only sign of Conan's influence is that Conan has been main eventing most every TV taping since he's come in. But
2: mm-hmm.
1: that seemed like the way they were headed before Painter's death. So that may not even be a de- big deal. Conan's talked about trying to push the um, pretty boy dance types, the cowboys, the um, all the land lover ripoff guys. He's, sure. he's not a big fan of those guys. But they're still pushing those guys hard. cowboy... Um, Stone, Scorpio Jr., and Super Parker are going to be the semi-main of the big show this Friday. Mm-hmm. So I think Conan said that they pretty much had an idea what they were going to do this year, and you're going to start seeing this influence in 2007. But for right now, it's still Pena, or at least it's strongly influenced by Pena.
0: Now, do you think if they, if they made these changes with the audience, who's kind of used to these... This I guess almost a sports entertainment type atmosphere. Do you think they would reject that or would it open it up to people who may be like a more traditional product?
1: I think the, the fans who go to Triple A are going because it's, it's a big Lucha Libre event that came to their town, mm-hmm. which CML will provide, isn't providing and that they like the entertainment aspects of the show. I think they seem to get a huge amount of female fans because of the land love rip off kind of guys. And if they if they went too much, like, hardcore wrestling, which seems to be uh, uh, something Conan's into, if they went to, like, a lot of high spot matches where spots hit or don't, I'm not sure if that would connect with the Irons as well. I mean, literally, their fans seem to be interested in um, big names, and in AAA, they seem to be looking for the entertainment value as much as they're looking for the match quality, so... If they went to like something more like P and A, I don't think I think that might hurt the draws. It just depends on how they use the top guys. You know, it's until you see exactly what they do, it's tough to judge how it's going to work. I think they're strong enough that they'll keep on drawing, but I think it might hurt if they get if they make too many changes.
0: All right, now uh, for most of the year. What you would read in the Wrestling Observer and the Figure Four Weekly was that business was really booming in Mexico for pretty much everyone. Was that overstated at all, or was this really just a gigantic year business-wise?
1: I think at least up to the Mexico water match, business was huge. I think it was a pretty, it was an above-average great year in Mexico just because Misco was carrying CML and other guys were popular too, but those guys were really strong and that um, people were into AAA, and for whatever reason, people were just more interested in going to Lucha Libre this year, as opposed to past years.
0: Now, I mean, around the world, in, in the U.S., um, you know, WWE is still profitable. It's not it's not a boom period. Japan's been in a funk for a few years. Puerto Rico business is so bad, they actually make storylines out of it. Why did Mexico not only avoid this, but they actually thrive during this year? What What are they doing right?
1: Well, I think it's Partly because of the business we set up, they're, they're paying guys low per show amounts. If the house goes down, the payout goes down, as opposed to like in Japan or U.S. where you're going to still have, if, if people stop showing, you're still going to have to pay wrestlers a bunch. In Mexico, because there's so many wrestlers and there's so many chief wrestlers, you can survive the lower periods. And I think it's because it just they they prepare they go for the long run. They're not looking to make big money on this one event, and if doesn't come through, they're out money. They have the anniversary shows. They have the triple manias, but they try. They seem to be more consistent. There's no pay per views that have to go well. There's no. They're not reliant on. He, they're not a lot of right on big event money. They're just you know show after show after show that accumulates.
0: Okay, and um, you had mentioned Mystico, uh, kind of carrying CMLL. I want to Mystico kind of came out of nowhere. Like, how did he become such a big drawing card in seemingly a short amount of time like this?
1: It's because they just and they turn him over everyone on the way up. He, he really. There was no rival he went back and forth with. He just beat everyone on the way up. He just, he, and he beat everyone like Alberto in, and matches people enjoyed. And then they had him associate with the top guys right off the bat. He was, uh, he was partners with Helio de Santo. He was teaming with like guys like Negro Casas. Just top of the card guys. So they, they pushed him all out from the beginning and they protected him totally. And he had a cool finishing move, so they did everything they could to put him in a position where he could draw, and the fans took to him.
0: Do you think this would have worked with, say, a Volador Jr., who they actually did try to push up the card? I mean, maybe I answered my own question there, but
1: you know, it, it depends on on how hard they tried. I mean, because Volador Jr., they would push him hard for about a month, and then they would drop him back down. The advantage I had with Mystico is that he was a new face at the time. He was Astro Boy, but people didn't know he was Astro Boy. He was just this rookie debuting who had success immediately. With Bol with Bolder and a lot of those guys who've been up and down, they've had that record of failure that's in people's mind that makes them like more hesitant to take them seriously that they're finally going to break through this time and they're gonna stay up. They're just I think people I think the same problem that Chris Benoit had for a while is that People expect for um, the hammer to come down to the and then be busted back down to the mid card, mm-hmm. and they just they just don't get behind him until they're sure he's going to be the man.
0: Now, is Mystico just the the right guy, right time, or was did he? Does he have any kind of? I mean, his high flying is great. Does he have any kind of like charisma that connects, or is he just right place, right opportunity?
1: I think he has. Um, I think he has some charisma, and I think it's not just that he has the high flying. Is that especially when he was on his way up, he looked, he was hitting his moves, he was executing well. He wasn't just doing the high flying, but he was doing the high flying without blowing spots and exposing himself as a lesser worker. It helped that the guys who was basically knew that they had to make sure it looked and he looked good, but it was dependent on him. Doing those high-flying moves well, or no one would have taken them seriously.
0: Now, uh, a lot of people talking about wrestler of the year. Mystico's name gets floated out. It's a very controversial topic. Some, some people think he's just too bad in the ring to um, to win that award. I mean, I I don't think anyone meant more to their company than this year than he did. What are your thoughts on the whole thing?
1: You know, I haven't thought. I haven't thought about other candidates elsewhere in the world, but. I think Mitsuko meant more. I think he meant a significant amount to his promotion. Where you know, shows the Marina Palacio would be in 2,000 more with him showing up. Mm. He, he was per, He was the top draw in this promotion when this promotion was doing 10,000 10,000 plus a weekly. So I think he's as valuable to his promotion as anyone. I don't think the work is that big of a deal because like when he's playing with good workers who want to go he can have good matches. When he's with bad workers or people who aren't interested in having good matches, he's gonna have bad matches, but you can pretty much say that about anyone. If you're in there with a slug, it's there's some guys can make it work, but I mean just you shouldn't be expected to make do miracles to be best wrestler of the year. Mm-hmm.
0: All right, and uh, another big part of CMLL was Perro Aguayo Jr. and his Peros uh, del Mall. He had the big hair match against Universal Dos Meal back in March. I'm kind of curious, um, where does he rank up with his dad? How do people view him? His dad was one of the big stars in, in Lucha Libre. How does, his, how does Junior rank up to him in terms of, of work and, and being a superstar?
1: I think he's got the same aura as his dad, but mm-hmm. he just hasn't had the career length, I and mean, he hasn't had as many big matches as his dad has, it's like you could say that maybe he's on the same arc as his dad, but mm-hmm. he is so early in it, he could end up going, he could end up like sign that he's a huge star and he doesn't need to work anymore, or he can just keep eye on his charisma, which he has on occasion already, and not show anything in the ring, or he could just be stay motivated to get a top position. The other thing is that because of how Lucha Libre is structured now as opposed to when Peregrino Sr. has big run, Peregrino Jr. wants to be an independent wrestler right now where he can wrestle in CML, but he controls his own booking. And his dad was the same kind of way, where he controlled his own booking, which means he got to do... It. He had big matches, but then he could go off and do his own stuff in his own time. He could go... He could control his own schedule. CM doesn't seem to like to push guys who are independent. They want to focus on guys who are completely under control. And I mm-hmm. think that might hurt Paraguay Jr. in the long term.
0: Okay. Now, um, those are the two big names people float out with CMLL. Who's been who's been an underrated part of the, the CMLL machine this year that people don't really give the credit they deserve?
1: I think... Um, Averno and Mephisto are always the most underrated guys because they've taken over the old um, girls' Elflina role of being the uh, the glue that holds the the technicals and the, the top of the card together. They can be kind of not having a good match with whatever guys are on the other side. They, whenever they need a big match, like when Disco had this music video come out a few weeks ago. They set it up so that Verno and Mephisto would be his opponents, so it would be a big showcase for Mexico. Um Ultimo Guerrero and the rest of the Guerrero's Atlanta haven't really done much this year, just because it just hasn't worked. They, well, they did stuff early in the year, but they've been kind of downplayed, but there's still good wrestlers who just don't get, who don't get as much attention as they probably should. Um, on the technical side, hasn't, there hasn't been as much interesting stuff because Bucanero got turned Tecnico, and it's tough to call him underrated because he clearly didn't get over the, with the fans for the first couple of months. Mm. So it's there's been a lack of a Tecnico underrated guy that would have helped this year.
0: Uh, speaking of Bucanero and his turn, um, what, what went wrong with this? He's... Uh... He's a heck of a worker, and was he just been a Rudo for too long, people just wouldn't take to him, or, or was this just a botched storyline?
1: I, I think, uh, for a little extent, um, it was a Rudo, and they just weren't used to seeing this technical, but I think a large extent is they just gave up on it two weeks into it, and they didn't go strong into it. They did the big, they teased the turn on the Coliseum show, and they did the big Guerrero's breakup on the Coliseum show. Most of those are major annuals. If they really were interested in making Ray a big star, as they were talking about, they should have done in Rio, Mexico, in front of 10,000 people. Hmm. Instead, they were just kind of shuffled off to the B-Show, and I, I don't think they had their heart in make, into making a big star. I think they just filed through with it because they had nothing else to do, and they had to. They wanted. They gave it a half-hour try.
0: Do you think he's going to stay at Technico, or, or do you think he's just going to... Go back to being a Rudo, seeing how this isn't really taken off.
1: I think he's gonna stay a Technico, but I think because they've been trying they've, they've now given a half hard shocker bucanero thing as mm-hmm. a tag team, but I don't know but I, I don't know how well it's going to work out. I can see something like where Black Warrior turned Technico for a couple of years, stay around and did nothing and then they turned to back Rudo to give him something to do. And I think he could just kind of go around the mid-card for a while and then um, and then get turned back Rudo when they have an idea for him.
0: And we're back. We took a, a brief break there for a second. But um, I believe the next topic I want to ask you about was Black Warrior. He had the – well, first he he turned Rudo. He feuded with Mystico. They had the, the big mask match, which I believe set the all-time gate for Arena Mexico. And uh, he has been feuding – we feuded with Mystico afterwards for quite a while. Is, is that feud finally done, or is that still going on? I think
1: because it's it, just the way of Lucha Libre that feud will never actually be done. <laughs> there'll always be, as long as both of them are wrestling, there'll always be bookings matches between the two. I know um, IWRG just had a couple weeks weekends ago, created a new tile just so they could feud over it. So. <laughs> uh, it, 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 it's always going to be keep it reoccurring and since mistico has nothing new on this plate that's probably going to be his main rival for right now I think eventually Mitsuko, they'll both move on to other stuff but for right now yeah they, they're still feuding but they're not but the promotion doesn't focus as much on
0: it and uh black warrior seems to have a good look without his mask he had a very cool mask but uh do you th- I mean, it doesn't, this doesn't seem to have hurt him is, is that a fair assessment
1: I don't think so because in the process of losing his mask he got he got elevated out of the the mob in the middle of the card that he mm-hmm. he became something special again and that he's still being treated as a special important guy, he even past his mask. Maybe two years from now if he gets dropped back in the middle and he's just another guy and his new look isn't as new anymore. He, he'll start to miss the mask, but right now I think he's much better off. This is the main event shots and main event payoff, so I think it's worked out for him.
0: And do you think the continued Black Warrior Mystico feud is is kind of a reason why business has stalled for CMLL the last month or so? I mean, attendance dropped quite a bit, or is that just kind of not really having anything after that big mask match to follow it up, like trying you know Mark Jindrak and uh, Universal Dose Meal and, and uh, not coming through?
1: I, I think it's. It's it, it's more not having anything else. Even the the Mark and Marcos Corleone Universal Los Mills stuff that came like a month or so after the Black Warrior Misco match. They there was this period where they were just doing rematches of Black Warrior Misco over and over again, and it became clear to everyone that they had no nothing coming up to replace it. Even when they stopped doing those matches, they just run the mail cards up there. They really didn't have something to follow up, something to come after Blackwater Warrior and I know, I heard Steve Sims on Figure 4 Daily the there, they talk about how maybe the plan was to purposely cycle down after a big big card. And that's a good explanation of any because they, they haven't put the effort in to have big cards. So either... They just were left without a plan, or they purposely decide uh, they just want they could just take a couple months off.
0: Mm. Now we've seen uh, Marco Corleone and uh, Kenzo Suzuki become regulars. Have you seen either of their work in uh, in CMLL?
1: Yeah, I, I've seen I've seen Corleone and I've seen Kenzo like much more than I would have preferred to have
0: seen. <laughs> that <laughs> uh, leads to my yeah. next question of uh, how, how they were doing because. Uh, they, they could be problematic in, in other kinds of wrestling. I imagine Lucha would either be, they would even be even worse or maybe find a, a niche being much oh, bigger men.
1: Tenzo is working like the exact, exact same matches he's working at the end of this Macbound run with, you know, wackiness and, like, this the goofy knee drop, which he started doing there when he's teaming with Rene Dupree. He's still breaking out. And, and it, it's getting over because it just, it's different than what they're expecting from him. Currently, I want to try to at least adapt, try to use his size as, like, a differing point for, between, you know, all the other wrestlers in Mexico where in the U.S. he was tall, but there were a lot of guys that tall. He's been able to use his... He's been able to make himself seem special because of the size and what he can do with his jumping ability. His running... You've got this running down the ramp, jumping over ropes into uh, a plancha onto someone in the ring, move that looks really cool. So it, it, it's a trademark. It's a nice trademark spot, um, but they're still not having great matches. But I'm not sure who they can work with from a technical side that's going to give them great matches. Because there's really a lack of great working technical heavyweights in Mexico. You've got. Uh, You've got Universal, who's a Rudo and is not most people's taste. You've got guys like Chakra and Raymond who are kind of too small actually to be working at that level. You've got younger guys like Lizmark Jr. and Dos Cares Jr., Jr. who haven't moved up, to, who aren't really a lot better than um, Junior Eck and Corleone. they It's just that they're Junior at and Suzuki, but they're versed in the their style, but they're not much more experienced. Yeah. Or the they're, they're just not that much more skilled at this point. So they're not having good matches, but I would be surprised if they were having good matches. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm.
0: I, I mean a Universo mm-hmm. Mark Jindrak match. I guess Universo isn't a big fan of Mark Jindrak either, is he they they've belted each other with chairs like in the head as, as hard as possible.
1: Yeah. Are, are
0: they actually gonna have like a actually gonna be able to work together in the ring or?
1: I don't know if maybe it's going to be a tag match with um, Shocker and Universal versus Kenzo and um, Marco. Mm. So maybe they'll keep them separate. Maybe they'll just they'll have a, the promoters will have a word with them and tell them to just uh, play safely. On the other hand, this is certainly going to be Trinderax's um, last booking in CML for at least a couple of months because I will expect him to be around in December and January when they're trying to. They'll still be running the arena in Mexico, but they'll be um, toning things down. So they're probably mm. not going to bring in a, a guy from the U.S. for a couple of months. Mm. So knowing it's their last match together, and they can get some cheap shots without getting hurt, a, a <laughs> this could go many ways.
0: <laughs> you know, even though three out of the four wrestlers I'm not uh, humongous fans of, that, that actually would be a match I, I would want to see, just for the curiosity's sake.
1: Yeah, I, I wish they. I think the story of CML this year is that outside of Mystical warrior which it did a great job building up, I think mm-hmm. they 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 may have pushed it too long afterwards, but they built it up well. And Paraguay or Universal, which most of the most of the groundwork for that was laid in the years past, they really haven't pushed the other feuds as strongly. They haven't gone wholeheartedly into them. I think in the case of this peer match. Maybe because of um, Universal and Junior X problems, they've kept those two separate in all the lead-up, ma- lead-up matches of the last month. They haven't interacted at all, which is a poor way to build up a match. And you know, I think if they got along, you would expect them to. You know, maybe Universal is actually heavyweight champion of season at all. No one yeah. knows this because <laughs> he, he defends the title maybe once a year in a very small town and never actually brings it to the ring. But that would be. If you're going to build up a hair match between four guys, having a heavyweight tile match between two of them and one of the leaks leading up would be, seem to be a great way to build. But just, it's like they got themselves stuck in the match and decided they didn't want to do the match, but they couldn't find a way out of it. So they're just kind of limping around to it. And that's happened a couple of different times this year, I think.
0: So this is a hair match they're going to have in uh, December, right? Yeah, it's going to be next Friday. So Jindrax will probably get his head shaved, I, I would presume, and then he's yeah. gone for for a month or so. So people probably won't even know that. Uh, besides that night, that he'll, his hair will probably grow back by the time he's uh, he comes back. Yeah, if he comes yeah,
1: back. It'll be it's gonna be a tag here, match. It'll be Jindrax and Kenzo. Unless something really wacky happens, those two will lose their hair. And if you don't see them then, you won't see them after. And that's even assuming that Ginger F doesn't get, like, a developmental deal in the
0: next couple months and goes a deep south or something. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, boy.
1: Uh.
0: And uh, speaking of Shocker, he made the big jump back to CMLL, presumably no longer a Nazi. Um, Has this been a, a big impact move? He was a very big star a few years back when I had Galavision. Was he, I guess, not really left behind, but didn't really seem to come back to where he was?
1: Yeah, because by the time he got back, his place was top go. I mean, Mystico was there when he was there, mm-hmm. but Mystico was, a, was, a, was still on the way up. He wasn't as secure as a top guy when Shocker was there. And since Shocker's come back, they haven't really booked him that strong. I mean, they brought him back as a surprise member of the pair of Zilmao, and then they had him suddenly with no build turn-deck turn and then they kind of forgot about him being technical and had him waver back and forth for a while. And then all of a sudden he's a technical interim with Ray Bucanero. They haven't really, they haven't really presented a strong message behind Shocker or they haven't really pushed him strong. Their one idea was the Shocker Bucanero tag team. So logically it should be them being against Kenzo and Marco in the hair match. But suddenly, but Universos somehow trollboard into the mix,
0: so. Mm. Okay, and uh, speaking of jumps, we also had who else? Did uh, heavy heavy metal jump this year to CMLL, right? And I guess Latin Lover sort of, although
1: uh, heavy metal was more last year. Okay, um, but Latin Lover showed up. I think it, seeing he's it, not made an appearance and he's wrestled in shows that have been promoted under the AAA name, even though they haven't been AAA TV or anything like that. I think he, he that was, that's just going to go down as a posturing move, mm-hmm. showing that he, he's bigger than AAA and he can and he can do whatever he wants at Triple So AAA better you know let him do whatever he wants or pay more for him. I think because I think that'll be the one interesting thing to we'll see if, about the new management team in AAA if they want to bring him back since he's he is a big star, but he's not the type of guy they want right now.
0: Alright, well Triple A had a big jump of their own with uh Super Porky making the leap. to yeah. AAA. <laughs> making the uh, leap. Well, as as much as he does leap.
1: <laughs> yeah, I, I think he he's a guy who fits especially at this point in his career fits a lot better in Triple A than he does in C M L. He just couldn't go at the level CML wanted to push someone and so I think he was unhappy about it and that's why he went to Triple A. But hmm. he can work his style, he can work at his speed in the main event, because that's the speed that Will um, Parker Jr. and Octagon are working. He's work, he's a good partner for those two. It just, it's not um, an aesthetically pleasing match. <laughs> it's a lot of some of the stuff that you're going to see every week on TV. He's going to do the same bits, but it, it, it's something that fits in with the atmosphere Triple is trying to provide. And also, yeah. I, CML I, has stop, for the most part, letting people bleed in Arena Mexico. And that's something Porky can do very well, because he's been doing it pretty much every week in the build-up with Scorpio Jr. in their here match.
0: Hmm. I'm sad I may never see uh, Porky against Tarzan Boy again, because I could watch that till the end of time, let me tell you. Even if it was the same match every time.
1: <laughs> that, that was some fun stuff.
0: <laughs> yes, it was. Speaking of uh, AAA, you kind of given them the short shift, but um, I haven't really been following them to the to the degree maybe, well, certainly to the degree I have CMLL, but what's been the, the big stories in AAA this year?
1: Well, the big story is all, has been more or less centered on Ricky Banderas, um, the Puerto Rican wrestler who's mm-hmm. wrestling as Morte, Cybernetico. The beginning of the year, Cybernetico, Cybernetico lost his match to little Parker Jr., little Parker in AAA. So he brought in a mercenary from Puerto Rico to take his rival's mask, in the first half of the year, they all, they just built to that mass mass at Triple Mania, which they did pretty well. And the second half of the year, since Cybernetico had a knee injury and was unable to wrestle, they did, they had an interesting idea where Murte Cybernetico staged a coup, kicked Cybernetico out of the group, and took over. And then they, for the last few months, they played around with who's on whose side in the Ruto group. The problem is they only really had one story to tell, which is, which way is Chessman going to go? And within the second week, it was pretty clear Chessman was going to go with Cybernetico and not the, not Ricky Banderas. Mm-hmm. And having to, once that stayed, they still had three months of TV before Cybernetico was coming back. So this kind of retold Cybernetico and Chessman not getting along, but Chessman not leaving and not leaving and not leaving. And then about a month ago, Chessman finally left. But they really didn't do as much with it. To make it interesting they just made they made Chessman really it was a time for Chessman to since he was the top good rudo if that even makes sense mm-hmm. it was a time where they could have done something with him since he's a good worker he's got well he's not wearing his cane ripoff outfit he's got a unique <laughs> look but they just kind of made him to the lackey who wouldn't give even though he didn't agree with the boss kept giving in to the boss and not breaking free so I think the pacing was... I think they had some good, they had a good idea for the main event, but the pacing was a little bit off.
0: Mm. So is, uh, is AAA... Any, is that what's only on Galavision now? Uh, I haven't had Galavision forever, but is it just AAA these days?
1: It's just AAA. They expanded it from a two-hour slot to a three-hour slot. Wow. I think they wanted AAA, or AAA wanted to be on there for a while. But they have a three hour show, and um, they weren't spending the money to cut down to two hours. Mm. So as soon as they got the extra hour, it was all A all the time. The good thing is that they, instead of being like half a year behind, like it was at some point in the last couple of years, it's not only a couple of weeks behind in Mexico oh. for Mexico CV. So you're getting the recent stuff. And, you know, they've had some good stuff on the undercard, they've had some bad stuff on the undercard, too. Um, I think my favorite. But I like it for the wrong reasons, but my favorite group <laughs> in the undercard right now is the uh, the Mexican Powers, which is the Huvy's new creation after being kicked out of WWE, where he created a group with him, a Psychosis, and a relative of Super Crazy, <laughs> and he calls it the Mexican Powers instead of the Mexical uh-huh. Mexi Powers. So you stretch hard for that. But they've had another indie guy, and they're more, and with that group and some other ones, they've been trying more um, spot best type of wrestling. Stuff that you might see like on the U.S. indie, mm-hmm. but not a particular good U.S. indie. So yeah. They tend to miss quite a bit. They, they try, but they're just not as good at it as they should be to be trying some of the stuff they're trying.
0: Actually, I have to correct you. Juventud uh, was not kicked out of the WWE. His visa expired.
1: Oh, yeah. He'll the, be back no, any day now. No Mexican ever gets kicked out of the WWE. <laughs> I, was, I was looking back at, my, I was right looking at the year review, and I was looking back at the junior stuff, which seemed so long ago, but it was just beginning of this year. Hmm. And um, all the minis there said the same thing, that, WWE loved them. They wanted them to work every day if they could, but sadly their visas expired <laughs> and they just couldn't go back. So I, I, mm. I think someone at Titan Towers needs to be signed to that duty, particularly that they get all the Mexican workers' visas taken care of. Because that they just see super crazy disappear one day. I'm sure that's what happened with Psychosis too. He did, you know, have a you know car incident. He got his visa expired.
0: <laughs> no, he didn't carjack someone with a water pistol. His visa expired. Of course.
1: Oh, God. That, that's what happened to Hunter Dazer, too. You, you know, <laughs> there were
0: problems. Just, <laughs> you just couldn't get rights. across the country, yeah. Yeah, his fees expired. Oh, there, yeah. Let's see. Those I had a couple... Those. I was thinking about going over every mask match and every hair match, but I realized that would take... That would be about a 10-hour show. Yeah. And uh, the, we would. someone would be like, you know, oh, you forgot Nacho Zapata lost his hair back in March, so... <laughs> we'll had a couple big ones here um black tiger three finally did lose his mask revealed himself to be wait for it silver king shock shocking of <laughs> did people know this or or was or were people shocked when this happened I think
1: some people were shocked i think people <laughs> had i yeah i know but it's just they're fan base who aren't plugged in that way who don't know who people are and you know black tiger spent Quite a bit of energy pretending he was a man from Japan and, you know, could only speak Japanese and sometimes English. So there were some people a bit surprised. I think there were people, there were also people who knew what was going on and that was going to be that it was Silver King and that they were doing a bit of a fraud by having someone mask who's lost a mask already.
0: Yeah. And he's already moved on to another mask. He's, uh, yeah. Speaking of Nacho Libre, he's been Ramsey's on some shows, the character he portrayed. In Nacho Libre. Not only
1: has he Ramsey's, but he's also apparently bought a title belt off someone. So he has a fake championship he's carrying around with a fake mask.
0: You know, on the Lucha Wiki, I, I saw the picture of Ramsey's, and he had a title belt. and I'm like, that's kind of quick he won uh, a title belt. But I, I guess he just... I should have known. You can just make up a title in uh in Mexico, yeah. and that's, that's totally legit.
1: Uh, that's because, you know, in Mexico,
0: there's all the different weight levels
1: that they had tiles for it because that's what the old NWA did. And when, those, when old promotions went out of business, somehow the, the wrestlers just kept the tiles and pretended like the promotion still exists. So there's all sorts of old tile belts just floating around.
0: Isn't Dr. Wagner the UWA something or yeah, other
1: he's, champ? The U, he's UWA heavyweight champion, and, and the UWA hasn't been around since, like, 1993.
0: <laughs> oh, that's why Mexico's so great. And the fact that that titles mean... I don't want to say titles are meaningless. I mean, obviously, some trios tag titles, and tag titles are important, but there's just a, a million belts, and they're they're not, not quite the focal point of, uh, no. of, pr- of promotion.
1: This is why no one blinks an eye when um, Universal is a heavyweight champion and no one sees the belt for four years straight or whatever. <laughs> Where people, I think, I think at one point he lost the belt for a span of months, and they, they didn't know what happened about it, and no one was really... This is not a big shocking development, like it would be if you know john cena went, the butt was missing for him for two weeks
0: <laughs> <laughs> I remember uh, Mr Niebla actually won it, uh about four or five years ago, and i i, I just remember this because it was this wacky spot where Universal tried to cross body niebla rolled through it, so he had a pinning position, he had his shoulders down, he hooked the leg, and universal he submitted to this he i yeah. this was too painful for him to. To, to endure, I guess, or he he didn't want a, the em, embar- embarrassment of getting being pinned, so submitting was better. That was when I kind of figured out I'll never really totally understand Lucha Libre. Well,
1: you know, when Diablo hooks you in that strange hole, it just it's just
0: unbelievable pain. Yeah, I I guess so. Speaking, of, what what happened to Mister? Is Mister Naibla still in CMLL? He was on that um, IWRG show. He, I had sent he, you, but his visa expired. <laughs> <laughs> you I'll put go ahead, that way. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> it's not good for uh, Mister Diablo right now. No. Okay. And, um, speaking of masks, Hijo uh, del Diablo, do we have any more info on, on this, uh, sounds fairly disastrous, uh, his losing his mask to Mystico.
1: You know, I haven't read anything more about it since yesterday. I mean, he lost his mask, but, regardless of whether he, get paid, he got paid or not, just judging from past history, both him and other people, I believe that we'll see him wearing his mask and even possibly trying to lose it someplace else within, you know, a year or so. <laughs> <laughs> I, oh, no, I think the it's... Just, he'll, yeah, but he'll just argue that he didn't get paid the first time, so he's going to get paid the second time or, uh, or the wow. third time or the fourth time. I, I think there's going to be a situation where he was he agreed to lose his mask, and he needed the money, but he'd rather see if he can find a way to get more money.
0: Hmm. Now, um, I mean, they went with Mystico instead of Santo, probably. The reasoning was, um, I guess, Mystico's cheaper, and also people believe there's more of a chance to lose his mask than, <laughs> than Santo. Maybe a 1% chance instead of the uh, 0% chance for Santo. Do you think this match would, will change that? Do they? Would people go back to Santo because he's a, a better worker, and he did draw some sellouts in uh, Tijuana this year or, or somewhere, some stip match uh, sellouts.
1: I think maybe in Tijuana they will, just because if that match is as bad as people have tried, that that's going to leave a bad taste in people's mouths the next time they see a Missico singles match. We'll have to do some work to rehab him in that town. But I think elsewhere, because Missico is going to be so much cheaper than Santo is even at his starting right now, I think that they'll still, Mystico will still be the guy that people look to use if they can use some, someone for those sort of matches. Hmm.
0: All right, and we also had uh, Fletcher and uh, Pentera losing their masks in uh, CML this year. Kind of a heavy year for mask losing, or maybe it wasn't. I don't know. It just seemed like this was maybe this was par for the course. I don't know.
1: Well, Fletcher was a, a strange situation, in which. Really, well, like the second half of his story is still missing. They built they built up a feud between Fletcher and Stucker Jr. in the undercards and Erna Coliseo. Quietly, it wasn't a big deal, but they built, they did build it up. They had a pretty good match mass that earned on Guerrero's bell ring. And Fletcher, after a match, vowed that he will return his revenge. And then he disappeared completely so i don 't know if it, it was just he was going he was retiring or he needed some time off for an injury or something happened where he knew he was going to be gone for an extended period of time, so he decided he might as well put over a young guy on the way out, but something strange happened there with mm-hmm. tenter it was more um, he was in a car accident I if it was this year or last year, which claimed the life of one of his sons
2: that's right, and
1: he's had some financial problems and maybe even some uh, some legal problems due to that. So it was probably a situation where they need someone to lose their mask, and he saw this opportunity to take care of some other problems.
0: Because he lost in, like, a 12-man cage match or something, right?
1: Yeah, it was a 12-man cage match. They put some guys in there where he thought, well, this guy's... this." Guy, they put it in, like, a bounce of the mid-card, and there were other guys besides Pantera. There were guys who seemed more likely to lose the mask that escaped early, so they did a nice job of building up where Pincher losing his mask was a big deal because that wasn't the guy you expected going into the match, and there were some big names in the match. Mm-hmm.
0: Hmm. This was a uh, kind of a tough year. I know I know Pieroth. Uh, I believe lost his wife in a car accident. Mm-hmm. And we also had um, Hurricane Ramirez, El Tejano. I believe the original Doctor O'Borman all passed away too.
1: Yeah. It was, and then, um, Roberto Rimdell, a long time CML referee. Yes. Uh, if you watch any Lucha CML from before this year, you'll always, you'll see him in there. Because he was in there for years and years and years. And he was a big part of the promotion. Um, who else am I forgetting? It, it does seem like they've had quite a few deaths. I think it's partly also because CML does a better, does Lucha really, Warden Utter Wrestling keeps track of its older wrestlers. They they respect them. They talk about the guys even long after career. I mean, Boxy Lucha is pretty much dedicated to talking about wrestling that happened at least 20 years ago, and hopefully, and usually older than that. So when people die, people still, those names still matter to them.
0: Mm. So it's a lot of the older guys are still wrestling. Yeah. Um, Dr. Doctoral- Borman, did we, what were the origins of that name? That just seems like a, a strange name, like an, an Irish name for a luchador.
1: Oh, I don't remember off the top of my head. I, I think it was just I think he was after Wagner, the original Dr. Wagner. He was just looking for a, something of the same kind of vein, but a different nationality, different kind of so different kind of, a variety of something a little different than that, a variation of that, but I don't remember where he got that idea for that name. Mm.
0: Well, on to the somewhat smaller promotions. Did you see any uh, AULL this year? I believe they've lost their television, so. But, uh, did you get a chance to see any of that? You know, I, I saw a couple
1: matches. I think I, I downloaded them and watched them. Their smaller promotion, who probably was I don't know if they were paying the guy on TV, but they were probably spending more money than they were making for sure, just trying to make something of themselves. I mm-hmm. think they had some ideas, but they didn't have... And, and they created some local stars, but I don't know that they did enough that next year's time, if they don't run any shows, that we'll still be thinking that much about them.
0: Mm. I just saw the, uh, the Ninja Turtles match from... Uh from this, from that promotion, which was yeah, they, good fun.
1: They did a good job of grabbing random indie guys and just pulling them in and seeing what madness they could
0: have. I was uh, hoping we would see who the best, uh, threads like who the best Ninja Turtle worker is. Is it Leonardo or Donatello? or? But sadly, that's apparently not the case.
1: We, we just don't have enough of those on
0: tape, but we'll no, have we to don't. track those down. It's, they're out there. I want a compilation tape of all those. Yeah.
1: We'll work on that. <laughs> All
0: right, and uh, IWRG, which uh, had a news note in um, Meltzer's news update today, they canceled the show due to poor attendance. And uh, I believe it. I don't know if uh, you have had a chance to see the uh, the show I sent you back from April.
1: No, I haven't had. I haven't seen it yet. It seems like they've done some uh, some decent business. They haven't had huge houses except when they brought in Mystico. Yeah, but they, they seem like they've they've ran their angles, they seem like they've been, just guess, another IRG, another year, same year for them. They've They've had some tile feuds, they've, they've done more tile feuds than CMO, they've had some mid-card guys lose their mask and then lose their hair rapidly after, but I don't think there's been a standout moment from the promotion that I can think of.
0: Yeah, that was a, a taping, it just seemed like there was no one there, and and they had guys, like, in the main event, they had uh, Dr. Wagner and, uh, and uh, Pieroth, and they also had B.C. Selvaje, and uh, it was good to see him again after all these years. I'm glad he's still going.
1: Yeah, I haven't seen his name much in the second half of the year, but, you know, for your, if they need another Guapo in AAA, I'm sure someone will give him the call.
0: Yeah. I was also glad in the opening match you had Hermano um, Muerte 2 and 3, and I don't know where uh, where 1 was.
1: Well, one was, you know, the brother of the dead. He was probably off killing someone, I figure.
0: Yeah, I guess so, if you are the dead brother. Or or maybe he just had visa problems. That's true. And I also got to see uh, Tejano Jr., who I actually enjoyed uh, quite a bit. He's in uh, New Japan right now, I believe, doing well for himself.
1: Yeah, him and Negro Crosses are on tour right now to build up for a junior tag team trial match, which, being Mexicans, they will surely lose.
0: (laughs) They will not win.
1: But they they've went all the way up there. I think he's progressed this year. He still has, he still has to get better. But mm-hmm. because he's not only doing CML stuff, but he's teaming with um, tech, his father's own partners, Negro Navarro and Signal, in the indie matches, and they're two good indie. They're two good old style workers who often get paired against old style workers. He's going to have access, and he's going to have training in matches that aren't done as much in Mexico as they used to be, and they're going, it's going to make him a special worker. Maybe I'm not sure if he'll grasp it and get better, but he'll have different experiences than, everyone, than other workers in Mexico, I think, and that'll help him out.
0: Mm. He also has a uh, cactus on his crotch on his tights, so big yeah. thumbs up from me for that. <laughs> all right, well, what do we have to look forward to in 2007 from all the, the promotions? Any hot angles or...
1: Well, AAA is going to be um, based around the cyber, new cybernetical group, the Hell Brothers, with him, Chessman, and Charlie Manchin, as longtime rudos who are now working to defend AAA against evil instead of being evil that AAA has to itself from. <laughs> um, I guess they would, they're would. building to a here match down the line between, between Cybernetica and Mercury Cybernetica. Um, CML really hasn't indicated anything past, because there was just nothing after Nisca Warrior and then they kind of bumped into this universo Marco Leone bit they really don't seem like they have the next set planned today they just added uh, Peros El Mal, um, Gurro's Atlanta um, CML Trios match for their big show next Friday Mm -hmm. and I guess that could always be the direction they're going next year they did some of that early this year they haven't committed to anything at this
0: point. Do you think they're going to try to push, give someone a push, a Tejano, Voldo, or even a Maximo perhaps, try to give them the push someone up, or are they kind of full on top right now?
1: I think they're kind of full up right now. I think they'll probably give people opportunities for a month or two at a time, but there's no one being primed for a long-term push, it seems like, at this time. Hmm.
0: All right, and hopefully we'll see a rematch of the uh, Rejo de Jalisco-Conan Big match that I pray to God makes tape in some form.
1: They're doing a four-way with two other workers this Sunday, so that'll
0: be exciting. I feel bad. for Those men have a heavy task in front of them.
1: Yeah, I like how they, You know, I know people... We were talking about how they want to do the day the Santo was masked on the line at Tijuana because no one would believe he's going to lose his mask. But mm-hmm. I the, the Conan big Radio de Jalasco match in Monterey last week, I'm sure they built a Conan big, big to his name, so he's actually a big star there. But I don't think Radio de is going to lose the mask in Monterey with no build on <laughs> nowhere. That, that was quite the incredible booking I thought <laughs> last week.
0: Uh, well, I think that's it, unless there's something we missed and uh, you think we should cover.
1: I can't think of anything else. The... Lucha in Chicago is kind of disappointing the second half of the year because they just kind of, I guess they got tired of running shows where they could possibly have made no money and they kind of stopped running shows the last couple of months. Oh. But for the five people who may have bought the DVD, the DVD I still think the DVD of the um, January show with Misico and Park versus Buchanan and Landers, pretty good DVD. And you know if you can seek out the match which may only exist in the DVD I have. It's a good match. Mm-hmm. Okay. It, it's not exactly widespread distribution, but, you know, sometimes you just can't help it when indie promotions do indie promotion
0: things. I don't even know where, where you'd go to get these. I, I think there's a link
1: to it on the CML blog, but, oh, okay. it, but the website for the promotion doesn't actually list the DVD anywhere, <laughs> so that kind of makes it hard to buy. It's kind uh, of, you know... Your underground word mouth, you have to know. You have to know the <laughs> password to get to the, the secret <laughs> site.
0: It's like the Illuminati. You have to. <laughs>
1: I'm sure they would like to sell the DVD, but apparently not if it takes any work to sell the DVD. Uh,
0: men after my own heart. Yeah. Well, speaking of the CMLL blog, why don't you plug all that you have to uh, to plug?
1: Okay, well, I cover Lucha on a daily and sometimes it seems like literally multi-time per day basis on the C M L blog. It's blog.com with there or someplace else we're getting I'm working in, on a facelift face list for the blog so it'll look differently start of next year so if you really like the purple stuff or whatever color it is on the front page you're gonna have to you know take a picture because it won't last long and then I write about stuff but not often enough on the cubsand.com that's just like wrestling and general stuff and and just random boring stuff that no one reads and also heat reports it kind of falls in the same category and then we also have the Lucha Wiki um, it's exactly how it sounds but L-U-C-H-A W-I-K-I um, LuchaWiki.com it's like Encyclopedia of Lucha Libre where anyone can sign up and join and add their own stuff or just read the stuff people have contributed that's set up got over I don't look at the count really but we're approaching 2,000 bios of libre wrestlers, both present and um, past. No, none future yet, but you know maybe we'll have a crystal ball and get some of those in. Um, it, it's fun reading. It's fun just seeing a random page and looking at someone's random mask. It just it's it, it's a great. I've been very happy what we've been able to do with that. in just like over a year, we really there's a lot of stuff in there.
0: If you want to kill a, a month or so with time, just go visit there and just, just stroll through and see who who used to be who and uh, and all that.
1: Yeah. It's always, I don't think a day goes by where we're not adding stuff or editing stuff or deleting and banning the guy who keeps uploading pictures of Misty from Pokemon. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, most of it's good stuff, most of it's not. I, we've been very lucky to have a lot of people, you know, lent their time and. You know, let material or put up stuff on their own for ex- for absolutely no um, cost. So, and who you know, else
0: is uh, contributing to this fine website? Uh, um,
1: Robert Bajari and Jose Jose's last name is blanking on me but Jose, you know, everyone knows yeah. who Jose yeah, is. Yeah, Jose. Jose! You know, did a lot of the source material but we've had a lot of people, people I don't even know their names Besides their username, which I guess is the same thing with me now, that I think about it. Yeah. But uh, but but people from Mexico, people from all over the world who have just signed up and said, "Well, I have a picture of this guy. Can you put it up?" Or, "I'm actually, I'm actually the daughter of this wrestler. Can you fix this information? Is that what it actually was?" That's. It's always cool when people when we have like relatives of people. They're like, "Yep, you know, can you add this information?" I really like what you've done, but I'd like this this or they add on their own, or whatever, it's like, you know, part of it's a little bit of vanity, I'm sure, but part of it's, you know, people appear that, people have accepted this as something meaningful, or something that they like, they want to make better, and I really appreciate that.
0: Wow. What, uh, what, whose relatives have, uh, have contacted you?
1: Um, we, I think, the most, I think at one point, I, uh, I can think of names right now. I think um, I know we've had some of. Uh, it's no one famous. It's usually guys. It's people from the past, people who retired. But so we don't have the most info on them since they're not you know doing interviews or whatever. Mm-hmm. That, that's usually it's Or it's like um, kids of of people who people from former stars who are just like pointing out to us the right pictures and stuff. Mm.
0: Something would be a, a brazo or something would.
1: That, that'd would be nice. You. <laughs> I, I'm hoping we get that one day, and then he, they're probably. You know, I'm expecting to hear from wrestlers when I criticize her Mac or something, but <laughs> never actually when I'm like adding something to Luther wiki.
0: Well, I definitely want to thank you for being on. Always educational. It's been far too long since we had you on, but we certainly rectify that today. Thanks. And uh, I will do some plugging on my own, everyone visit Com or thecubsfan.com You can check out a full archive of all previous uh, 31 shows arranged by subject matter. You'll find something you like, I promise you. And uh, stay tuned we will continue our year in review shows over the next few weeks and uh, we have a big 2007 planned as well. Cubs fan, again, I thank you for being on. Do you have any final words? No. Alright, well, I want to thank everyone for listening and I will talk to you soon.